peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? Before I move on um, with covering my daily Bible study, uh, I wanted to discuss a something that's an issue for me. I don't know if it's an issue for you. Definitely is an issue for me on my end. And what I want to discuss is the complications being dedicated to studying your Bible. And different things that I've done to kind of overcome that because it's not easy. I think I would love to sit here and tell you that I wake up and I just cannot wait to jump in my Bible every day. That is not true. There's many days where I have things going on where I just want to go do something else. Now, I'm not even going to tell you this is going to be controversial. I'm not going to tell you, you got to open your Bible and read it every day. It's good to spend time in your Bible. How much time should you spend in your Bible? I can't tell you. I know in the book of Psalms, uh, I believe it was David that wrote this Psalm. He said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Um, I think it's a good idea to read your Bible daily, but I don't want to be so rigid to tell you that it's something you have to do. Sometimes you got to come up with unique and interesting ways to make something that's necessary interesting so you can muscle on, uh, muscle through something. I, I I try my best to make sure that my Bible study is organic, though. I don't want it to be... I don't want to be like jumping my Bible, reading something as though somebody is twisting my arm and forcing me to read my Bible. And that's why I'm, I'm, much of my study is different. It's not it's not um, my study is not static. It's really dynamic. It, it it changes with time. How I study through one book, I might study through another book completely differently and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it actually is kind of helpful. I don't want to. I don't want to get to the point where I'm. I'm. I'm making myself. I'm boxing myself into a rigid corner, sort of like the Sadducees and the Pharisees did. They box themselves in a rigid corner that they cannot then fight their way out of because of the way they looked at situations. And I I definitely see how easy it is to fall into that pitfall. When the Lord Jesus Christ was talking to the Samaritan woman and he expressed to her that God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. Sometimes I think about that statement and, and what that statement would have meant to her, right? Because the Bible is a is a is a is a book that is inspired by God. 
obviously, or that's what most believers I know believe. I know that's what I believe. And it's also a book that was written to a specific audience. Now, now the greater audience is everyone who has believed, really everyone, right? The Bible's written to, but in its time, it had a specific audience. And in the Bible accounts, there was a specific audience, right? So when you kind of melt all of those down and get down to the specifics, and then you think about what he said to that Samaritan woman, it might give you a, a greater idea of what is meant, right? Like, like some of these sayings are in parables. Well, what does that actually mean? God seeks people to worship him in spirit and in truth. And for a Samaritan woman at the time, uh, from all of the reading I've done and all of the commentaries I've seen, uh, Samaritans and, and uh, people from other places within Israel, it wasn't necessarily, let's just say there was bad blood, right? So these people weren't necessarily getting along with each other. It was very, very territorial, right? And Samaritans were looked down upon. So for the Lord Jesus Christ to be speaking with this Samaritan woman and talking about worship, that had to be something unique to her. Like, why is this Jewish man, this man from Nazareth, from Galilee, talking to me, a Samaritan? Like, we are the dregs. We are the ghetto of, of, of Israel. Why is he talking to me? What's, what is happening here right now? I'm supposed to be the, the, the person that's shunned, not talked to and unclean. And I think when you, when you factor all of that in and then you look at what the Lord Jesus Christ said to this woman, it, it starts to take on not a different form, but it starts to take on a more... I guess a more, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, there's a, there's a, I don't want to say deeper meaning because I kind of hate using that, that term, but the meaning is kind of clarified. And I think what happens, the reason I went into all of that is I think what happens is we all get into this rigidness of religiosity where we're so used to doing things a certain way that this is the way we feel like it has to be done. And there's nothing stating that it has to be done this way. What if you got up in the morning and just decided, I'm going to commit one verse to memory. I'm, I'm going to commit one, one section to memory. And that's another thing, treating the Bible like a Ouija board. I'm just expressing you some things that was tiring to me and made it harder for me to study my Bible. People pray and ask God about stuff and then they just like open their Bible and they expect some verse to jump out and, and that verse to somehow mean something that it doesn't mean. You're treating your Bible like a Ouija board. Take the Bible for what it is. Look at what the Bible says about itself. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ said that it testifies of him. And in another place in the in the epistles, we find that the Old Testament, things in the Old Testament was written for our example that we might learn. That could mean learn from other people's mistakes, learn from other people's triumphs, learn more about God and how he deals with man and learn more about the character of God from reading what we see 
in those books. Just read the Bible for what it is. And like I was saying, what if you just decide, you know what? I'm going to memorize a verse today. And that's all the reading you do. There's, I will tell you right now, there's times where I will get up with a thought on my mind, something that seems very small and I'll just do kind of a topical look. Does the Bible discuss this anywhere? There might be some verse that loosely mentions the thing that's on my mind. And I'll think about that, might cross-reference it with some other verses, look at it in its context, see what it's talking about, and really just chew on that for a while. I might read some articles that somebody's written commentary about that issue. I might watch a video or listen to a podcast talking about that issue. It might not be uh, a specific reading through a Bible, right? Like my decision to read through the book of, book of Exodus, it was just on a whim. It wasn't. How can I, how can I put it? I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to maybe convey what helped me and maybe help somebody else because my Bible study is not rigid and I'm not on some, some rigid schedule. It actually allows me to be more organic with my Bible study. A lot of my Bible studies based around my thoughts. I'm going to keep it 100% real with you. There's a lot of things go on in my mind. Sometimes I might look at the Bible and go, something is going on in current affairs. I wonder how I should think about this thing in current affairs biblically. And that'll cause me to go in the Bible, looking up a bunch of things. I think, like I said, I think just not being so rigid where you box yourself into a corner. Because I think that's what happens. I think a lot of us box ourselves into corners with, with, the um, religious platitudes of the day. Uh, there's some uh, messages I've heard where preachers say you should spend however much time in your Bible daily, whatever time they decided. And that's the thing. So who decides what's the right amount of time, right? You, you start getting into all kinds of things. I had to abandon all of that because what was happening is it actually affected me in a negative way. I actually spent less time in my Bible when I was so rigid, right? Like today, today you want to know, I'm going to give you, give an example. Uh, and I'm not saying that I am the, I am not the status quo. I'm not saying that, that my ideas are the right ideas. I'm just saying you may want to explore how to how to tailor your study and and your devotion to reading the Bible around you personally and not around someone else's experience. Definitely spend time in your Bible. That's the one thing I will say. How much time that is, how often you should read. I am not God. I can't tell you what you should do and how much time, you know, like to the minute what you should spend in your Bible. I don't know. But like today, I was in the book of Jonah and I'm on like verse three of chapter one and it started talking about Tarshish. So I went on a whole different tangent of where's Tarshish and I read some articles, listened to some videos, which actually turned out to be interesting because it kind of made more sense why he went to Tarshish. It was in a, wherever it was, it was in the complete opposite direction of Nineveh the complete opposite direction of the entire Assyrian empire. And I'm like, oh, I get it. God told you do this. 
you know, for, for your, your reasons, you did, you wasn't really rocking with it. And you went the exact complete opposite direction of anything that had anything to do with Assyria made a lot more sense anyway. And it was just on verse three. That's it. There was that entire time on verse three, looking up Tarshish. I think if you tailor your Bible study to you and not so much around the rigidness of some body that maybe you even respect that says you should do X. There's people who have Bible study habits. And when I've heard their Bible study habits, I'm like, nah, that wouldn't, that would not work for me at all. Like that's what led to my rut early on as, as a believer, my rut of not studying my Bible for extended periods of time. It was mainly because I was basing my study off of some static or rigid standard that somebody developed that wasn't a biblical standard. So it felt like I was going back to exactly human problems are, are not unique, right? We like, we have the same problems that we just recycle over time. One of those problems is teaching for commandments, the doctrine of men. That's a problem that I think is recycled in every generation. Instead of instead of going to the Bible and saying, well, all right, I hear what a lot of people are saying. We have a source document from God that we can go to and get the, the real deal. OK, well, what should I do? And a lot of times we rely on these static and rigid man-made standards. I'm not telling you that the Bible doesn't have standards. Do not get me wrong and do not mince my words because that is definitely not the case. There's definitely biblical standards. The thing is, I think sometimes we add things <laughs> to the Bible that's not. There's like, you got enough to think about. You got enough to concern yourself. Well, why do you want to add some other rule or some other thing that's not even in the Bible? Kind of crazy, a adding standards that you don't even need to have, but tailoring your Bible study to you however you do it whether it's listening to the Bible, whether it's comparing something that's said in a commentary, whatever you can do to, to get more time spent in the Bible, to get more time around Bible ideas, however that is, like I said, tailored to you, it's, it's a good thing. Again, I can't tell you, I can't go to a verse and say, Boom, you should spend one hour and 20 minutes and five seconds a day in your Bible. I don't there. I don't have that. I'm not God. Right. I, I personally think spending time in the Bible daily is a good idea. I want to fill my mind with thoughts that's contrary to my flesh. And the best way I know to do that is to spend as much time in my Bible as I possibly can. And however you need to do that and tailor that to yourself, it'll be helpful to, to kind of nail that down. You know, what works for you? Anyway, y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.